1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know, nonstop Viking talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com.
0: But he's still one of the best corners with a lot of ability uh, in the league. And the good thing about Patrick Peterson is I think he's versatile now. I think he understands as he gets older and still has that DB skill set, you can play him in some safety position. You can move him around a little bit. And he still can play the game at a high level. So I think this is a good landing spot. They'll use him in the system and what they do with their cornerbacks a lot, mix things up, disguise, and this will be great for Pat.
1: Mm. We did a little emergency episode right after the Patrick Peterson signing last night on Purple Daily. So you can definitely check that out if you want our just immediate uh, drink-in-hand reaction to that signing last night. But Mackie, Judd, AJ filling in for Declan. People in the YouTube comments are calling you the fake Declan. So uh, if, you could, if you could just <laughs> – embrace that as much as possible he's got good
0: uh, hair he does not have great hair AJ your hair is good it's not great Declan's is great (laughs) but he pays 80 bucks for a haircut so it should be great yeah when mine's 20 bucks plus a tip, I think I'm going to fall short in that aspect. Yeah, I'm going to drink some coffee to that right there because that's the right price to pay. Thank
1: you. Mine's been free for 14 years, baby. Just shave the head every week or two. Um, So we're going to get into the latest Vikings free agency news and notes and sort of reset the scene on today's episode for what they've done so far, which is defense, 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 and what resources they have left. But, Judd, right before we hit the microphones, You said there was an article floating around the Internet yesterday that classified the Patrick Peterson signing as one of the worst signings so far in free agency. Yeah,
0: it was a piece that was done. um, It it must have been done late yesterday on like the five so far, the five worst free agent signings. Uh, And it included some pretty big names, but the top one was Patrick Peterson to the Vikings which I believe I, I saw the, deta- the details of the contract. I think it's a one year, it's a one year deal. I think it was eight million dollars base, and then up to ten million with bonuses. Uh, okay. But yes, it listed <laughs> it as absurd. it listed it as the worst contract signing. Um, but I don't. But here's the problem. I think if you are expecting this to be Patrick Peterson circa 2016, it's a terrible. Day. Yeah, he's not that. But that's not the expectation here. I will actually, in a rare case, I will defend the Vikings on this move as far as what I think their expectation is. Because I don't think their expectation is this guy is going to step in and go to another Pro Bowl and be an all-pro and shut guys down. I have no idea if he's going to match up uh, like Rhodes did a few years back against top receivers consistently. This is the signing, to be clear from my end, this is the signing that I wanted a year ago which is veteran corner to help the Gladneys and the Danclers and if he can play the Mike Hugheses, this guy is going to turn 31 in July. He has had, for the most part, a spectacular career. He has seen a ton. Um, he very well might be stepping into a defensive scheme that fits him more so than what the Cardinals had evolved to, and that for a cornerback can make a difference. So, yeah, if you're classifying this off of it's Patrick Peterson and he's not the same player, you're right. But if you're classifying this off of this is the type of player the Vikings sorely lacked in 2020 at the corner position, and this guy's going to bring a stabilizing veteran, almost coach on the field-like influence, that's what I think the Vikings were after. So in this one, I'll actually defend what they did.
1: Yes, and by the way, it is patently absurd to call any sort of one-year contract. like This is such a low-risk thing. Now, the the risk would be did the Vikings have a shot at like, could they have gone in a different direction strategically offensive line, right? It's not like, it's not like they have an abundance of cap space. They've been creating cap space as they go. And so the risk would be more in, all right, what, what other options were available for the Vikings that may have been younger or, or different positions of need or in the trenches. Right. But it feels to me like the Vikings Threw a bunch of offers and feelers out in that first wave, including Joe Tooney, and they just just didn't they didn't have enough cap space. And quite frankly, Joe Tooney's like, ah, uh, I'm going to go play for the Chiefs because yeah. Patrick Mahomes is amazing and, and they're on the verge of winning another Super Bowl. Um, and then and then when they when they got shut out and rejected by some of their top options offensively and mostly defensively, then they said, okay, what? Let's reset. What's what's the tier two, tier three situation for us? What can help us the most? Um, I mean, I could sit here and obviously pick apart the fact that we are now four days into free agency. When you count the legal tampering period and the Vikings offensive line, which was already bottom five in the NFL, is worse today than it was a week ago. And I and we can have that discussion. I still think they're going to make some moves, a trade or a signing. There's still guards out there. Um, So so you can criticize them for that. But I like the Patrick Peterson signing. I actually like the Patrick Peterson signing. More than the Dalvin Tomlinson signing because I feel like Dalvin Tomlinson um, isn't going to help the Vikings a lot on third down. I think Patrick Peterson, paired with Mike Zimmer and his expertise working with cornerbacks and Mike Zimmer's system, uh, he's not he's 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 over thirty, but he's not like thirty five, thirty seven. You know, there's there's still some. Uh, I think there's pro- probably still some gas left in the tank there. I love the fact that he's going to be able to mentor and help Cam Dantzler and Jeff Gladney. And he just brings an experience in those crunch moments, big third downs, primetime games, right? Like the Vikings need more guys who've been in those situations all across the field defensively. And and he's been in those situations. So I'm behind it. If it blows up in their face, it's not like they're committed for thirty million guaranteed. Now the Jets the Jets signed Lawson, right? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. I think Lawson is now the Jets' highest paid player and he's got like whatever it is, 30 or $40 million guaranteed, that has a much bigger chance of blowing up in their faces than Patrick Peterson's one-year contract with the Vikings. Yeah, we're, Let's put that to bed.
0: Worst case is that P- Peterson at th- 31 will prove to be washed up, and it's a w- one-year contract, and he's gone. Uh, yeah. Best case for him, he comes in and plays well and gets a three-year contract elsewhere. So th- this is th- the one good thing about the cap crashing um, because of the pandemic as it has is the fact that this second wave of guys is going to sign short-term fairly cheap contracts. And because of that, they could benefit in a year if the cap goes back up, which I'm sure it will uh, by signing long-term contracts or teams are, will be on the hook for a year contract, which is not hard to swallow and guys will be gone. So this is going to be a very interesting uh, second wave of free agent players who ordinarily might have gotten pretty de- decent contracts that if a player didn't play well, could you, a team could be stuck with or have to bite the bullet on cap space in the coming years. That's not going to be a problem now. But um, I don't know if I, to your point, Phil, I'm not sure I'm philosophically on board with what the Vikings are doing, uh, but the Peterson signing in itself doesn't bother me, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, I am I'm not defending, I'm defending Peterson and saying, It's a one-year contract, you're not stuck, and I actually like what it does because it's what I encouraged you to do a year ago. But if we talk about the philosophical view of what the Vikings are doing to, in their mind, be all in for 2021, do I think it's really smart and it's going to work? No, I personally don't. But that's a very different thing from, okay, clearly the second wave of free agency has started, we could start to sign some guys now who will accept our offers, and it's a one-year contract.
1: Yeah, And we'll get into some of the sort of how much do you trust the path that they've chosen to go down here in, in a moment. But um, but let's 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 finish up on Patrick Peterson. Just how good is he is is sort of the main question with him, right? He's uh, he's he's been in the league for a decade. He's an eight time pro bowler. We've all seen the highlight clips. He's one of the more fun guys to watch defensively in prime time. He runs his mouth like there's just a lot of fun things about Patrick Peterson, but what as an actual player on the field, what is still left in the tank for him in his early thirties? Well, pro football focus had him graded last year as the 90th out of 136 cornerbacks. So not good. Doesn't mean you can't bounce back. He's also had a couple of years, even like in his prime where he'll just have a weird, poorly graded PFF season. And sometimes that's just the life of a cornerback. You know, he, you make a couple big glaring mistakes. You make one big glaring mistake once a month or something. It costs your team a game like that. It, it can shipwreck your PFF rating. Sometimes he was 43rd out of 136 in yards allowed per snap. So when you just take all the snaps and how often he gets targeted and i put it all into an equation, yards per snap allowed. He was 43rd out of 136. Um, and he's, and it's fair to say he's being targeted more now than he was maybe five years ago. Sure. But I just I just feel like Mike Zimmer's cornerback ecosystem is a great place to find out if there's a rejuvenation here. And I'm here for it. I think it's going to be super fun. Like I tweeted last night um, with with their strategy of signing Patrick Peterson and the unorthodox strategy of bringing in another 300 plus pound nose tackle to play three technique. This is either going to result in Mike Zimmer geniusly retooling this defense and and the Vikings are going to march deep in the playoffs or everyone's going to get fired. Like, I don't know if there's a huge middle ground here. It just kind of feels like they're tooling for something big or this, this thing's going to go off the cliff and there's going to be a coaching search and Eric Biannimi is going to be in here in a year from now.
0: <laughs> You're probably right. So I, I think the thing with... Um, Peterson that the Vikings are banking on is they're probably banking on exactly what happened with Xavier Rhodes with the Colts, which is he bounced back and played well and the Mm -hmm. scheme changed, which helped. Uh, So I think they're banking on the fact that Peterson in a different scheme with a different team will have the same type of bounce back that Rhodes did in going from the Vikings to the Colts uh, from 2019 to 2020. The other thing to make very clear here, though, is the expectation and the expectation especially of the cornerbacks, okay? My expectation is that Patrick Peterson will help Gladney, Dantzler, and to a certain point, probably Hughes and and Hand. But I also expect that Gladney and Dantzler are going to start turning into damn good players here. I think that they had, for what they were asked to do in a difficult situation with a team, to keep in mind, had 23 total sacks, which is awful, off the charts bad. I think Mm -hmm. it was 28th in the league last year of the uh, 32 teams. I think Gladney and Dantzler learned a lot. They didn't consistently play great, but I also didn't watch them and think, oh, they are lost causes. Uh, This is year two, though, and and you're giving them now a veteran in Peterson who should help them and be a confident and be a coach on the field, but I also expect way more, way more from week one there. So I don't think, Phil, it's beyond the realm of sensibility to expect that Gladney and Dantzler have really good years. They, they're they mm-hmm. not going to be great yet, but there is no reason why both of them shouldn't take significant steps from the sometimes struggles of year one to ha- having been in the system now and being on the same field with a guy like Peterson in year two.
1: I think in a perfect world, Cam Dantzler emerges as your best cornerback this year. And and Patrick Peterson can kind of almost slide into the that second slot with the outside corners. Slot, not meaning actual slot. Sure. I just mean, like, of your two outside corners that he's the second best one. And then Jeff Gladney emerges, too. Um, and, and obviously, just to get into sort of the, the bigger picture here, Judd, obviously the Vikings are, if, if it isn't clear, um, I don't know what else would make it clear. Like, they're going to do this Mike Zimmer's way. Uh, you know, they've, they've, I'm sure there's been a million conversations behind the scenes about offensive line and about, you know, what to do philosophically to get this team back into contention. And and Mike Zimmer's voice is has probably been the loudest when it comes to here's what I need as a head coach to get this thing back to a playoff run. I need my guys on defense, and I need the guys that I see value in. And and it started off with edge rushers, and they made offers to. A couple edge rushers, and they wind up with Dalvin Tomlinson. But um, they have so far spent all of their free agency money on defense, and it just feels like ownership and and Rick Spielman saying, "All right, man, this is your show me something year. We'll give you all the resources that you want, and we'll see where the chips fall once we get into December, January, etc." And the question for us here, I think, is how much do you trust that Mike Zimmer's vision and what they've done so far the first few days of free agency? is a Super Bowl contender vision. How much do you trust it?
0: So the Peterson contract uh, means that even with the restructure or shifting around of money in Phelan's contract, that the salary cap has come way back down again. So they don't have a ton of room left cap-wise. Uh, I, I would expect that in the coming days, they'll probably do an extension with Harrison Smith, which will get them a little bit more, but certainly not a ton more. My, I believe that their next that their sights are set on while it includes trying to get a guard. I think that their sights are primarily set on still trying to get another defensive end to pair with the Neil Hunter and probably a cheap safety as well. So I do think that Mike's vision continues to be the dominant thing for the Vikings. Um, I don't like how they're doing this, but I understand that in Mike's world, he's going to run this thing back, taking a shot defensively and saying, I think I can have, I don't know, take your pick, a top-five defense after we were terrible there. Um, And I also think, Phil, this comes back to one very important thing. I don't think that Mike, no matter how perfect the conditions are, I don't think that Mike trusts quarterbacks and Kirk Cousins in particular here. So do I understand what he's doing from an objective, just take a step back view? Yes, I do. Do I trust it and like it? from an organizational philosophy? No. It's 2021. This league is built on offense. I'm not saying that your defense should suck and theirs was bad last year, but I am saying, and I'll go back to what we talked about, when you invest this much in your quarterback to not make sure that you're giving him what he needs offensive line-wise, and right now it's woefully short again. Again, um, I think it's setting yourself up for quarterback and offensive potential failure and I don't care how good your defense is when you're paying as much as you are to cousins uh trying to just drag him along as this add on to me is a mistake, so no, I don't trust this. I think it's gonna get people fired. I don't think it's smart, but does it surprise <laughs> but does it surprise me that Zimmer would go down kicking and screaming in his way not for one second, not for yeah. one second
1: so i've I've sort of I've mentally shifted in the last couple of days from from i've I've been sort of fighting this like why are why are why is all the attention on defense? like you get you got a couple pieces coming back. It's gonna get better naturally, just like not that you can't add a piece, but i I've been of the mindset that you you either need and I'm oversimplifying here. if your goal is to be a Super Bowl contender, you need to be top of the game like top three offensively or top top defensively like the Vikings were in two thousand and seventeen, or just have a Hall of Fame quarterback that can fix everything like Tom Brady does, right? or Pat Mahomes, um, and I thought the path to becoming top-top offensively was actually shorter, despite the limitations of Kirk Cousins at times, than the path to get back to that point defensively. And Mike Zimmer clearly thinks, no, 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 no. We get Pierce back, we get Hunter back, healthy Bar, healthy Kendricks, and we're going to add two or three key pieces in free agency, and then we're going to have a top-five defense again. That's the way he thinks Um, it's a you're going to have to have luck with health. You're going to have to have young cornerbacks take a step forward and you're going to have to figure out this Daniel Hunter situation, which we've got some inside information about that in a second. Um, But I've sort of shifted from resisting that to now I'm, I'm like mentally embracing it. Listen, this is the way my this is what Mike Zimmer feels comfortable with. He is the head coach. It's not necessarily the way that I would have gone about it if for some inexplicable reason someone asked my opinion in the Vikings front office. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I think it's very clear. We, we now going forward are going to judge this team based on whether or not it's a top five defense, because everything that they've done so far screams, our goal is to create a top five defense again, just like a few years ago. And the offense is just going to have to do as much as it can, but the driving force for winning will be the defense. That is very clearly their game plan here, and I am making popcorn in the microwave right now, Judd. I am here to watch this. So play you, out. so you really, but do you agree philosophically with it? Phil I would Mackie, have gone not them. I would have gone more all in on offense. I think if if you're going to go this all in on defense, why did you give Kirk Cousins? So like, wh- right? You might as you might as well have. I mean, this is going to sound ludicrous, but you might as well have let his contract run out and signed Ryan Fitzpatrick or get a young quarterback for a lot less money. So then you can spend even more money on fortifying the offensive line and the things like correct if you're if you're not going to give your pocket passing quarterback a viable brick wall offensive line which at this point it's all it's going to be almost impossible now to fill like they've got o'neill and they've got uh bradbury and ezra cleveland locked in but two of those three are huge question marks still and two of those other spots are wide open it's going to be almost impossible to have like a borderline top 10 pass blocking offensive line at this point so they they, they literally went into the offseason and said we know that that's a huge problem yep. and we know that 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 the passing game drives success and championships in the nfl right now and we don't care <laughs> i mean that not that they don't care but like we don't care enough to spend resources early in free agency um and right now they really only like they're going to restructure a couple contracts i'm sure but like it's not like there's a top Five guards sitting out there anymore in free agency. The guards that you would be getting in free agency all have red flags and flaws, and you're going to need to like hope for a bounce back or a bill of health um, that that and that that has those guys in the bargain bin to begin with.
0: So on, so. on, on the scoop today on our show, Mackie and Judd, which, which you can find of course, uh, Doogie told me to be patient with the guards. He's like, "Be be patient. More is to come. More is to come." But that's the problem. Is I feel like Vikings fans and those of us that are around or cover the team. Have been patient offensive line wise for a long time, uh, as if I don't know why I would feel emboldened that they're going to have the answer now. That's the problem. I don't know why I. You needed, I think, the left side of the line needed like one impact guy, and if it's a guard, that's fine. I mean, you know, they they signed Steve Hutchinson as a free agent in two thousand six to a huge contract, and guess what? It helped Bryant McKinney. It made a big difference. It helped uh, Matt Burke at the time, so. I guess my feeling is, okay, I'm going to be patient, but patient for what? And do I really trust them to do the right thing by the offensive line? Because there's been pretty much a history now in the last 10 years or so that they're unable to or unwilling to, which I guess is worse, to do that. And so I just I don't have, I don't have a patience with something that I feel that they really struggled to build. And right now, flat out right now, they are neglecting. I mean, the left side of the line has no starters. I'll keep saying this until it does. It has no – there's no left tackle. He's gone to create cap room for your defense. Um, and your, it's true. And your guard, you, you've gone from employing the worst guard in the league in 2020 to now, there's air at left guard.
1: So until I which, – which, 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 which actually is an upgrade.
0: Well, but, yeah. and they might just tell Kirk, you know what, Kirk, because of your contract, no left guard. So you know that whoever is coming through there is going to have a free run at you, but it's just hard to have patience when year after year after year it feels like we see this act, this song and dance, and they're like, "Well, we'll be fine, we'll be fine," and then guess what? Come opening day, you ain't so fine.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. I think well, let's do it. Let's let's throw the the Daniil Hunter thing out here too. You didn't. I don't think this has been mentioned in the first 20 minutes of show, the show, the Doogie report. So we might as well throw it out right now. Sure. Um, after we say hello to our friends at Federated Insurance. Federated. By the way, speaking of insurance, I mean, you might need some insurance for the left side of your offensive line. <laughs> I don't know that Federated, Federated can help, help you help with, with Kirk that right now. Kirk, call them. But, but they do have industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. Uh, they recently launched My Shield, the online client destination for risk management resources. So if you are a business owner looking for resources and peace of mind and risk management tools federated is your place my shield is the tool download the app or uh, visit federatedinsurance.com to find out more information also worth noting that if this strategy of loading up on defense in free agency and neglecting the offensive line doesn't work i got a feeling mike zimmer is going to be golfing a lot this time next year and if that's the case he might want to swing by pxg minneapolis on his way out of town if that happens it's a golfer's paradise and right now PXG Minneapolis is stocked with PXG's newest goodies. The new Gen 4 golf clubs have landed. Drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons, just absurdly great sticks. The best the PXG has ever made, which is saying something. Uh, Also, apparel, if you want to just look good, if your game is not good like mine, but you want to look good (laughs) or look mediocre in my case. uh, PXG's new spring and summer apparel just arrived in store. So PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center. And you can find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. Doogie reported on The Scoop today on Mackie and Judd that Daniel Hunter and Mike Zimmer had a phone conversation. And that phone conversation, at least according to one side, according to Doogie, went very well. And um, and maybe Mike Zimmer, on behalf of the Vikings organization, was able to calm a frustrated Daniil Hunter, who that, that article from The Athletic just uh, earlier this week just added to um the idea that he's frustrated being basically outside of the top twenty highest paid defensive linemen, even though he's like one of the three best when healthy. Yep. So your your, your thoughts on the the damage control and the massaging that the Vikings are having to do here with Daniil Hunter coming off neck surgery.
0: So Mike can tell Daniil whatever the hell he wants. I mean, I'm sure he said you're a great player. We love you, blah, 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 blah. But we all know that what will make the difference here is for somebody to get on the phone from TCO Performance Center with Daniil Hunter and say, I am so-and-so from the Vikings and we will also give you a raise, right? Like, we're going to tear up your contract or we're going to do something to give you a, a raise. So... I think it's great that Mike and De- and Daniil talked, but unless somebody got on there and actually talked about the fact that he was going to go from, and again, think about this for a second. A guy that had 14 and a half sacks for two consecutive years before he missed 2020 with a neck injury is below the 20th highest paid rush end in the National Football League. It's ridiculous. So, If there's repairing of relationship, um, if it needed to be done between the coach and the the defensive end, and you know what, I don't think Mike helped himself with Hunter last year by calling what turned out to be a neck injury that needed a surgical procedure, a tweak, I think that's probably a bad idea. I think you should probably I'm not saying that you have to tell the whole truth to the media. But I think when you say a guy has a tweak and then next thing we know, Ian Rappaport is reporting he's undergoing surgery. That's a long way from a tweak. And keep in mind, too, Mike has a history of this. He is the one that uh, chided Sharif Floyd when Sharif Floyd's career had been ended by a by a, what, miss scalpel step in surgery. And Mike's like, I don't know why he's not playing. This is a guy who once uh, said, I think it was Anthony Bard takes plays off. And a lot of guys in the locker room are like, what? So Mike has a history of speaking out of school. He, he lies about things that he wants to lie about, but then he's very frontal about things when he's trying to get players going. But in some cases, again, saying it's a tweak and then the guy undergoing surgery is a big deal. So perhaps... There was some simple relationship repair that had to be done. But, Phil, the most important thing is this. When are the Vikings going to tell Daniil? In fact, I'll do it right here for a, a prop for those of you watching. When are they going to call him, him in and say, Daniil, here's your contract. We're ripping it up, and we are giving you a new one. That's the most important thing. And I think that Daniil Hunter shows back up in Egan when that process takes place. Now, if Mike told him they're going to do that, that could— Certainly could have have helped, but I think it's a it's a leap to go from oh he's feeling good about Mike again to he's playing. I think he's playing when he is at least given some type of compensation that says when healthy you are not a good player, you're a great player.
1: Yep, I I think I almost think the Vikings have no choice at this point if if their goal is to win a Super Bowl here or compete for one in 2021, you need the Neil Hunter on your team. You need mm-hmm. to Neil Hunter as healthy as he can be. And you're just sort of crossing your fingers to some extent because you're not really going to know until he plays in a game. Um, and and you you need him clear minded. Like, you, you don't you don't need him walking into training camp thinking, boy, uh, I haven't got my new contract here yet. And we're talking about monopoly money here. Like, I know that this is sort of off putting for some fans when the difference between 17 million and 25 million. How many, how many garages do you need? But that's the world that we're talking about here. So. Make this situation right. I think the Vikings have no choice but to just take on the risk of Daniel Hunter coming off neck surgery. Um, I, I mean, I would just be comfortable with that at this point and just sort of hope. Like, the guy's still in his mid-20s. He's still a physical specimen and a freak. I think you're right. So that's where I would go. And I would I would bet a lot of money. I'm not reporting this, but I would bet a lot of money that Mike Zimmer told Daniel Hunter on the phone, hey, man, just pipe down. Stop deleting stuff off your Snap Face, your Insta Chat, whatever Mike Zimmer thinks that it is, um, and just let us. We we literally have like fifteen things we're trying to do right now with contracts none, and free. None of which involve
0: and, offense, so don't worry about that.
1: Yeah. Yep, they're all so just defense. chill out. <laughs> we're gonna make this thing happen, and and you're a hu- obviously you're a huge part of this. We just brought Patrick Peterson in. We're not gonna bring Patrick Peterson in and then trade you. Yep, it's not gonna happen. Um, so, so I, I think, I think he's going to get a contract extension. Um, by the way, so, so we already went over sort of what the Vikings have done. They've, they have so far have brought in all defensive players in free agency, right? Pat, well, they did resign Chad Beebe for the league minimum. So that'll, that'll help boost the offense. Uh, Patrick Peterson, Dalvin Tomlinson, linebacker, Nick Vigil, who's going to be more of a rotational guy. And uh, and obviously they get Daniel Hunter and my and Michael Pierce back, so all these ads on offense. And I think now going forward, the question is because I don't know what more they're really like. They need an edge rusher at some point, uh, but outside of that, I think the offense clearly has more holes right now along the offensive line. They need a third wide receiver, So Sa- right? safety
0: too. Though they're I I think they're next to in Mike's world, their next two priorities: Phil, defensive end, and safety.
1: Well, I- but but here is the thing, you're. My point is you're not going to fill everything. And so now it's about based on what you already have, what's your priority list? And for me, there has to be two offensive line acquisitions. And, and let's go through the resources here that they have left. And then we can start to talk about the priorities. So they've got three different bins of remaining resources. They've got some cap space to be determined. Mm-hmm. They they just made it official with Adam Thielen. Uh, shifting some of his, I believe, base to a signing bonus so that they can push cap out into 2022. Uh, Kyle Rudolph's release was designated post-June 1st, which saves them cap space in 2021, pushing dead money into 2000. A lot of dead money being pushed into 2022 and 23 for the Vikings here. Um, And then they still have in their back pocket a Harrison Smith restructure a Daniil Hunter restructure, and maybe a Kirk Cousins restructure, although that hasn't happened yet. So they they can still create some cap space, so that's a resource. They've got the draft, which is a resource, but they only have one pick in the first 70, right? And the two third-round picks. Mm-hmm. And they could also make trades, Judd, an Orlando Brown Jr. trade has been bandied about and talked about with Baltimore. Um, and so with with those limited remaining resources, some cap space not a ton, but enough to maybe sign a couple players. Yep. One first round pick in the first two, one pick in the first two rounds. Yep. And, and the possibility of a trade, how would you now prioritize the holes that you have left on your roster? For me, I am starting and ending with offensive line. Like if we have to have a a gap at safety for, uh, until training camp,
0: no, 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 Someone battles
1: it out. Like deal with it. Offensive line needs to happen next for me.
0: Well, First of all, if I was a betting man right now, I would say that they're going to address offensive line with the 14th pick. If if the Slater kid from Northwestern is there, I think they would take him. If he's not there, and, and if the Orlando Brown Jr. trade happens with Baltimore, I think that would be around the draft. Now, there's going to be enough teams interested in him that I think the Vikings are going to make a pitch for him, but I'm not sure that they're going to get him. So if I was a betting man, I would say that it'll either be if they can get Slater at 14 and he'll be your opening day left tackle. Or Brian O'Neill will move from left to right tackle. And worst, very worst case, they try and start Rashad Hill. I mean, again, it's the Vikings. I personally would not do this. Um, I don't know that the left guard is going to excite us. I think that they I think they're gonna say what you've said, Phil, which is anybody can be an upgrade of the guy we started last year. So let's get one of those guys. Um and it very well might be a name we don't know. And if I'm Kirk, I'm like, thanks a lot. But again, Kirk you can come back to him and say, yeah, but your contract, because that's always true. In, I would prioritize it that way. I think that the next priority on their board is defensive end. And I don't don't know if it's going to be uh, Carlos Dunlap, who we've talked about, who's a veteran, who played for the Bengals when Mike was there. So he goes back that far and, and then obviously played for a uh, Paul Gunther, who I think is going to have a decent amount of say in the Vikings defense. He was just hired by the Vikings. He's a former Bengals DC. He was fired by John Gruden during the course of last season by Vegas as their DC because the the uh, Raiders defense was so awful. Um, so yes, I would personally prioritize guard right now and tackle and I would make sure that I'm protecting my highly paid quarterbacks blindside. I think their board or their computers or however they do this right now has the next thing defensive end and my guess is part of the selling point to daniel is you're going to be a linchpin of what we consider to be a great defense in 2021 i am just leery of how it's going to work and here's part of the reason why okay you're banking on now now guys get hurt and i realize that i think dantzler missed four games gladney could certainly get hurt so I'm not saying there's not a risk that things fall apart because guys get hurt. Mike Hughes gets hurt. But let me tell you what you're banking on right now defensively as far as pushing your luck. Okay, so I'm not talking about normal attrition of injury. I'm talking about guys that we could talk about right now and say, you really think this is a great idea? Anthony Barr is no longer a kid. And he's coming off a what season ending second game biceps injury, if I'm not mistaken, which is the same injury that in a fight a few years ago, Matt Dumbas suffered and it took him a, it took him a year plus to get back to being himself. Anthony Barr is being asked to play football too. That's not simple. Uh, Patrick Peterson is no kid. He's about to turn 31 on July 11th. So you are, and I'm fine with the veteran aspect there. But we know his best football has passed, and he is certainly, again, not a kid. Harrison Smith, at some point in time, is going to start to go off the cliff. And he's not there yet, but you know what? If 2021 is the year that he does, nobody can come to you and be like, this is shocking. What happened to Harrison Smith? He's played this game for a long time. He plays damn hard. And at some point, football catches up to your body. And Daniil Hunter is coming off. A neck problem. And I'm with you, Phil. I would sign him, I would reward him, and I would hold my breath that it's going to be fine. But I just gave you a list of four guys who you are going to try to build your defense around in 2021 that if any one or two of them falls apart, you can't come back and say, but we didn't expect this. Mm-hmm. No, you it's- didn't. If Gladney or Dansler gets hurt, that's bad luck and they're young. I just gave you four guys who in no way, shape, or form are young, have played the sport for a long time, and it takes its toll. And at some point, once it does, that can be it.
1: I think Mike Zimmer knows all of these things. I think he knows the risks. And I think he is. I, I think this is Mike Zimmer's last stand in 2021. He, they're either going to have another big breakthrough that, that, that leads to, you know, another extension or whatever for Mike Zimmer. Or this thing will implode uh, in Vikings fashion pretty much happens every five or 10 years, some sort of implosion in a reset. Uh, either way, they have set the table for a very entertaining 2021 season. And there are still some moves to be made. So I think we should, let's wrap the episode with that. Cause there's, I was going to throw out a couple names. Like there's some guards available. Um, I think we can spend some more time on that tomorrow, unless the Vikings sign one of them today, but it kind of feels like, sure. kind of feels like the market has paused a little bit for now. Um, it's not quite moving as fast and furious as it was a couple days ago. And that's a wrap on this episode. We appreciate everyone who has discovered us, everyone who has been loyal to our shows, Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily throughout the past year and uh, and even beyond that. And we would also appreciate if you would download the Score North app. We're giving away $100 to someone every day that opens the Score North app. It's our pick your prize contest. And those people who win $100 also entered into a $10,000 Pick your prize, uh, grand prize drawing with our nine sponsors uh, fronting the funds for that. So thanks to everyone who's downloaded the Scornorth app, who's clicked the subscribe button on the YouTube channels, Purple Daily Podcast and Scornorth MN. And for everyone who listens uh, just the old fashioned way via via your headphones, audio, Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com for Judd, for fake Declan, AJ and for me, Phil Mackey. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.